everybody and welcome to the challenge flag where we call bs on fantasy football so-called experts i'm zachary dorfman joined by michael conti hello (laughs) 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 oh god oh we're totally keeping that And thank you for joining us today. Make sure that you go give us a follow on Twitter at flag underscore challenge. And you can listen to us always at iTunes or on Podbean. Just search the challenge flag. So for today's episode, now that the offseason is really underway, a lot of us are starting to piece through all of the rankings that these experts are putting out and figuring out which rankings we agree with most and to begin making decisions for upcoming drafts. However... Every year, there's always guys that stick out to us as really incorrectly ranked, and that's why you really need to do your own research and make your own decisions about these guys instead of just following your ranking sheet. Today, we're going to talk about guys that we would call safety picks. Now, experts never want to be too wrong about a player, and these are players that they're making these safety picks on that have the upside to reach really top potential, however, have some risk to them. And they do not want to be the expert that ranks a guy very, very low because of their risk, and they end up having a breakout season. And they don't want to be the guy that ranks them up in the top five at their position, and their risk, whatever that risk factor is, hits and They look like an idiot, so they rank them somewhere in the middle where we know as fantasy football players that that is not a really accurate ranking. So today we're going to go through some of these safety picks that we notice experts are already putting out, and we're going to decide and help you decide whether we should be kind of exploiting these low middle rankings and taking these guys, or if because of their risk we should avoid it altogether. So one of the first safety picks we want to touch on in this podcast is going to be Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen ADP is coming in as the last pick in the fifth round. Fantasy Footballers has him ranked as the 22nd running back. ESPN has him at 30 and Yahoo 27. Zach, how are you feeling about these uh, safety evaluations of Tariq Cohen? So for me, when I take a look at it, you know, two of these three ranking expert rankings have him outside of a starting running back outside of the top 24 and ADP is the, I feel like the consensus is kind of feeling that same way almost in the sixth round. Now I understand the worry they lost Jordan Howard and you would think that that's such a great thing. However, they drafted David Montgomery and a lot of people are expecting David Montgomery to come in and just take over. However, in 2018, Tariq Cohen was the PPR running back 11 with less than 100 rushing attempts. So even if he's not getting the rushing attempts, he's getting enough in the passing game to be the running back 11 in PPR. So, But then let's just say, let's just say you're thinking David Montgomery comes in, steals a lot of the time, a lot of the touches. How can he possibly recreate 
RB11 again this year if David Montgomery does that. Well, last year, Jordan Howard, he was the running back 20. He had 250 rushing attempts for 935 yards and nine touchdowns. If you told me before the season started that Jordan Howard had those stats, I would have projected last year Tariq Cohen way outside that running back two territory, but he still, even with the starting running back getting 250 attempts for almost a thousand yards and stealing nine touchdowns, he was still able to produce. I do not see Montgomery coming in and taking 250 touches. I think Tariq Cohen can only improve on it. He's a guy to me where if you're doing a zero RB strategy or if the guy that the running back that you wanted was taken right before you, so you go wide receiver and you need to fill a hole, to me, he is like the absolute steal in the draft. What what are you thinking? Uh, I mean, I definitely don't think Montgomery will be f- completely filling the Jordan Howard role. So I definitely see Tariq Cohen's usage as a more of a running back, as a pass catching back. I could see that going up this season. But I still think he's a one-trick pony with all those catches. Um, I know I owned him last year, so yeah, he was a great steal. I think I got him in the sixth or seventh round in our 14-man league. And he ended up being a stud. Like you said, he finished RB11. I mean, realistic, me personally, I, I rank him with like Chris Thompson. Like Chris Thompson last year and the year before, guy puts up 15-plus points every game, and then he gets injured and he's out for the year. I think Tariq Cohen has an injury coming this his way. He's a small guy taking a whole lot of hits with these these uh, receptions he's getting. He almost had 100 catches last season. and But the increased workload he'll be getting with Montgomery not quite being a Jordan Howard. I mean, he might be, but I don't think he'll be there in his rookie season. I just think that uh, Tariq Cohen's going to be due for an injury. And honestly, running back 22, 30, 27 is kind of – I see him outside RB2. I thought that last year when I drafted him, but he ended up finishing RB1. But that's just how I feel about that type of player. So you're kind of saying like he's able to produce at his limited production, but if he has to step into a more pivotal role, it would be too much of a workload almost for him to still recreate those numbers because he hasn't had to do it anymore. Exactly. I think he might lose some explosiveness as the season goes on just if he has the increased workload and i personally i wouldn't bank on him being an rb1 again this year like putting your faith in a ppr like he's a ppr guy if you go to standard league i don't i don't know what his ranking was in standard but if you convert him over to standard he's probably not an rb2 because he loses 90 some odd points and i i just don't like relying on that type of production out of my running back out of my RB1 or RB2. Well, I mean, you do bring up an interesting point, that that workload injury risk. Like, we don't want to sit here and predict injuries, even though injuries are going to come up a lot in this episode, actually. Uh, but it is interesting to think that with increased workload, is that going to help him or hurt him? I think we're going to agree to disagree on this one. I'm taking Tariq Cohen every time he comes around to me in that fifth round, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But... Uh, but the next guy on our list is kind of a a fantasy experts ranking nightmare, and that is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley right now, his ADP is the fourth pick of the second round. Fantasy footballers, my favorite, my favorite uh, podcast, my favorite experts, they have him ranked at seven. So does Matthew Barry from ESPN as the seventh running back. Mike Clay from ESPN a little bit lower at nine. Yahoo even has him at 15. Now, 
we all know that if there was no injury risk on this player, they would not be ADP fourth pick of the second round. The you know experts won't have him ranked where they do. Mike, I know that you feel a little bit differently about this, and as a Rams fan, I'm going to let you take it away. What are your thoughts on these rankings and ADP of Todd Gurley, and is that a steal or are you avoiding it? So like you said, this his ranking is based solely off of him having the potential for an injury coming up in this upcoming season with his knee and the degenerative joint disease, arthritis, whatever they want to call it. If he did not have any of those issues, he's hands down the top three, top four guy locked in there with Saquon, Kamara, Zeke, maybe McCaffrey, throw him in there. He's going to be one of those guys. But because of this knee issue, I'm avoiding him. They just drafted Henderson, and I could definitely see them limiting Gurley's um, – touch count throughout the season just to keep him healthy for the playoffs we all saw what happened last year in the super bowl he wasn't healthy he wasn't effective whatsoever in the super bowl so i could see them already having um, high expectations for the season expecting to make a playoff run to try to keep Gurley as healthy as long as possible and just limiting his touch count throughout the season his touches will still be productive as they were last year but instead of getting those 20 touch games i could see him being topped off at maybe 15 or 16 touches Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's hard to look at a guy in the second round that had 14 games, 21 touchdowns, and now all of a sudden this year have seven wide receivers who have an ADP higher than him. Like, it's hard to believe that you can potentially draft a guy in the first round, draft a guy, you know, let's just say you're late in the first round and you want to take DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas, or Julio Jones, and then you can still get Todd Gurley production in the second round. But, you know, I think that you brought up a good point with the limiting of touches, and I think that that's where, uh, you know, these rankings, I know that you had mentioned that these rankings might come into play, where he might actually finish like kind of Yahoo, or Mike Clay says is the running back 9 or 15, just because they're not going to give him more than 10, 15 touches a game not necessarily sitting him uh, or not necessarily he's hurt and fully out but just limiting him to make sure he doesn't get hurt and that's pretty scary for a second round pick uh i'm also avoiding him i'm ignoring the rankings i'm just drafting around him however the one thing that stops me and i do want to think that everybody should kind of follow the reports is that that could absolutely win a draft. I mean, if he comes in and he comes in fully healthy in the next few months and his knee is fine, you can win. You can absolutely, this would be a league winning pick. So that's the one little caveat that stops me. But at this point, I'm right with you. I'm, I'm avoiding him. Yeah, I just think it's crazy that last year, before he went down, he never went down, but before CJ Anderson started, I'm taking up a lot of his workload. He was the best running back in fantasy football. And between then and now, he hasn't gone under any type of surgery or anything. He's just had inflammation in his knee. I think it's almost worse. Because it's not like he tore his ACL or his Achilles or broke a bone and he's coming back from a major injury. He just has an overuse injury in his knee. But I think that's almost worse. I mean, let's just say something Especially is... if it's not getting better. Yeah. If something like he hasn't played and he's there's still pictures of him walking around with a cane going out to eat for lunch. Like, dude, you haven't played football in two months and you're walking with a cane still? Yeah, that's it's scary. I mean, if he 
completely tore something. I mean, they say usually in sports, a complete tear or a complete break is way better than a partial. And because because you get a surgery. The partial will linger. Yeah, you just get it fixed and you're good to go. Yeah, so, I mean, it's almost like until Todd Gurley fully tears something or until he's fully healed from it, you don't know what Todd Gurley you're going to get. And that's scary. And if, if everybody remembers... The pre-Sean McVay Rams Todd Gurley was not pretty. He was his rookie year. But besides that. Well, no. he, yeah, I mean he was <laughs> he was always pretty he was always underperforming his projection and you know, I don't want that sitting I don't want to be sweating all year long that I did a second round pick for a guy that might only get like 10-15 touches a game. Oh, like Tariq Cohen? Ooh. That, see, that's different, though, because that's the fifth round, and I will absolutely take that opportunity. Nice try, Mike. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you're taking him in the fifth, hoping to be your RB, too. Yeah, but I am I think that you can get RB2s that are going to get 20, or, you know, an RB1, let's just say you take a wide receiver in the first round, that are going to get 20 something touches a game i mean joe mixon's a good pick there i mean you you got a lot of guys that you can take instead of worrying about this lingering knee issue well next guy on our list so let's talk more about some of these like top running backs here next guy on our list Le'Veon bell adp Ninth pick of the first round, pretty high. He's a big name. You kind of usually expect to see him up there. Fantasy footballers have him ranked as the eighth running back. Mike Clay, big believer in five. Matthew Berry, also from ESPN, have him has him all the way down at twelve. Yahoo has him at eight. I think that that twelve ranking is that really really safe ranking. Um, because here's the thing: ADPs at the end of the first round. It would not be there if he was on the Steelers again. There's a lot of question marks about how the transition to the Jets, how the offseason that he had this past year is going to affect him, whether that be positive or negative. So at this ADP, what these rankings are, knowing that if if it was just a normal year, he would be up in that like top three. Mike, what do you make of it? Are you avoiding him? You don't trust the Jets? Or are you uh, taking him right there thinking it's a steal? I'm not thinking it's a steal, but I also might take him. I don't know. I'm kind of pretty iffy right now. I'm, I just looked at some stuff. So he's he's clearly a skillful player, but he was playing behind the Steelers' offensive line, which has definitely been ranked in the top of the league since he's been in the league. And he has that real slow running style where he'll hesitate and uh, wait for the hole to open up. I don't know what the Jets' offensive line is like. I can't name a single guy on their O-line. I don't know if he'll be able to keep up with that same type of running style with that offense, especially with the second-year quarterback in and not having the veteran like Big Ben. But me personally, if I'm having, if I'm in that draft spot where he's available, I think I'd much rather go with the higher value pick and grabbing one of those top wide receivers that would be available in that area. Um, I would take I would take him at like Todd Gurley's ADP. I would take him in the second round to, to be my RB one. I'd be I'd be willing to risk a second round pick on him, but. I'm, I'm just not having much faith in him having Sam Darnold, that quarterback, and that O-line that I'm not too sure about. The Jets, I mean, the Jets running backs last year were not anything special. 
So, yeah, you're putting some more talent in that backfield, but the O-line's still the same. Yeah, I mean, I go really back and forth here because kind of like you said, you go from the Steelers to the Jets, and the Steelers are great. And is it just the Steelers that made Bell good? I mean, so last year, no Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers were 31st in rushing attempts and 31st in rushing yards. That's terrible. However, James Conner still finishes the RB6 in fantasy production. He was able to get into the end zone. He was able to make a lot of catches for PPR. So even when they're not successful from a football standpoint, their running backs are involved in a fantasy standpoint. And so that... Yeah, and James Conner didn't even play the full season. He didn't. Um, As a running back six... You can even remember back when Le'Veon Bell was suspended, D'Angelo Williams was at the end of his career, and he was still putting up 20-point games in that offense. So since Mike Tomlin, Le'Veon Bell is the only starting running back, because they like to have like their one starter, the only starting running back to not have a year with double-digit rushing touchdowns. However, here's what still makes me believe that these rankings and this ADP is just like a little bit too safe because you move him down because of the the, the team change. However, the year off, the year off. Well, so first of all, let's start with the year off, right? I mean, they paid him. They paid him good. He just had a year off to rest. I think in a, if it was a wide receiver or a quarterback, I'd be worried for him. I think it was the best thing for him. They're going to be able to run him into the ground, use him out in space. He is fresh. You, He is like the last person I'm expecting to get an injury coming into this year. Since 2014, he was the running back one, three, and two in fantasy. Never less than 1,200 rushing yards and 260 carries and never less than 75 catches and 600 yards through the air. I think that we know as a football standpoint when you analyze Le'Veon Bell's game that he's just that good. Sam Darnold might be something that people would use to say to hurt him. I think on a team with a second-year quarterback, you're going to look for your best player. And I, I believe that when a team like that gets a player like Le'Veon Bell, they're not paying him this money. They didn't go out to search for him to not use him. I think the Jets, no matter what, they're up in games, they're down in games. It's going to be Le'Veon Bell time. You know, there's that little part of me that still is like, I wish he was on the Steelers, then I would have no doubt. But I think that the good that Le'Veon Bell can bring to the table, you know, you're trying to win a fantasy football draft. He can bring running back one production and I think you're trying to win you're at the end of the first round you really wanted one of those running backs that's fine I'll take Le'Veon Bell and still be able to take a top wide receiver in like Odell or Michael Thomas at that beginning of the next round uh to me I have no problem doing that so I'm all in on Bell are you in on it are you thinking that they were a little too safe or are you passing it it would really depend on who fell to me on draft day, who else is there in the position, because I think looking at the ADP sheet that we're looking at, I think he's the last available running back that has that potential to finish as a top five guy. So that would be the only reason that I would go for him, because after him, it goes Gordon, Joe Mixon, James Conner. And he definitely, I mean, he's put up the numbers in the past. Like Zach said, he's finished top three, three straight years. And that's the only reason why I would take him from past production and just because he's the only he's the last guy that I think has the potential to crack that top five. 
Enough of the running backs. We're going to get into Zach's bread and butter, wide receivers. And what better wide receivers to start off the year talking about than the duo out in Minnesota? Stefan, Mr. Still Your Girl Diggs. Stefan, nobody on the Vikings wants him to date their sister Diggs. And Adam Thielen. Did you see that interview? Yeah, yeah, I did. They were all like, yo, Diggs. Diggs. It was like, (laughs) nobody really went into it, though. They're like, I don't know. I just don't want him to date my sister. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Zach's the man with the plan, so he'll take it away from here on this stealing digs safety picks. Alright. This is probably my favorite wide receiver to talk about in fantasy football. Not my favorite wide receiver, but I don't really like talking about Amari Cooper in fantasy football. He just continues to break my heart. However, Stefan Diggs continually in rankings is disrespected. And it is because Adam Thielen is there as well. Diggs is currently, his ADP is the end of the third round, 311. Thielen was 212 the other day, now has dropped down to 301, but still almost an entire round later for Stefan Diggs. In 2018, their PPR finishes Thielen 7, Diggs 10. So I understand the hesitation from experts uh, to not project digs too high because Thielen is there. However, they're not going to go too low because they all know his potential. Fantasy footballers have him at 15 with Thielen at 11. Matthew Barry, 14 while Thielen at 10. Mike Clay, 15 while Thielen at 12. And Yahoo, just back-to-back, 13, 14, Thielen, and then Diggs. However, I think that Stefan Diggs has top five wide receiver potential. Every single year in the league, he has improved statistically, and he continues to have the top, top-notch reception perception scores, and it does show in his uh, in his fantasy football points. Every year, his reception perception continues to get better, and he continues to improve on his coverage and success rates, and he continues to improve his fantasy production. Last year, from weeks 9 through 16, Adam Thielen scored 98.6 points. Diggs had more, 101.3, and he missed a full week. After Thielen blew up and they switched to a more balanced play style, Diggs ended up outscoring Thielen, even with a full mixed uh, missed week. And I think we're going to see more of that this season. He is a guy who just creates unbelievable separation. I'm not worried about Thielen there. I am going uh, completely against the experts with these safe around the mid-teens picks. I think he's finishing in the top 10, could potentially be in the top five in the, ne- in the next few years or even this year. Also, if we're talking about for a draft, at that 301 position where you would have to take Thielen, the running backs available are, are Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, Devonta Freeman. At the 311 on Johnson, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Philip Lindsay. If it was between Diggs and Thielen, I already th- think that Stefan Diggs is a better football player than Adam Thielen. I think he's a better fantasy player than Adam Thielen. And when you look at the running backs that you can get, I'm absolutely taking an Aaron Jones and Stefan Diggs than a Thielen and on Johnson. I do not think, even if... I mean, even if we look at Thielen's historic beginning last year, he completely fell off in the second half of the season. I think for me, it's that it's looking at the draft value. 
and looking at what guys you can get instead. And I would be going with Diggs and one of those other running backs all day. And I think that if you can get Diggs at the 11th pick of the third round, or if you really can try to like sneak that in to the beginning of the fourth round, I think that that could be the pick of your draft. I am taking him all day. I second everything you said, but I just want you to remember, we uh, discussed this before. We had the same issue last year talking about these two. Going into the draft, I want to say it was probably late July, early August-ish. Adam Thielen was a good two whole round, two three rounds ahead of Stefan Diggs in ADP. And by the time that everybody drafted, you know, early September, late August, the drafts were done. ADPs completely flip flop. Stefan Diggs ended up being drafted a few picks sooner than Thielen when he was at what point rounds behind him. And I see the, a similar scenario happening this year. I'm not sure why this happens in the earlier mock drafts that Adam Thielen is such a higher ADP than Diggs, but I definitely think it's going to correct itself by the time actual drafts start to begin. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think continue to watch it. For me, you know, let's just say they do flip-flop the ADP and Diggs does creep up or ends up being higher higher than Thielen. I still think, like, let's just say Diggs Diggs is Diggs. Uh, projections end up in like those like low teens for wide receivers I still think like easily within the top 10 um, you can you heard it here first he is absolutely without a doubt in my mind a top 10 guy so I still think just because Thielen's there experts don't want to rank him super high because then if he finishes like in the 20s they look like idiots and they're just trying to avoid making any bold statements about players. They don't want to be too wrong. So, uh, I mean, I'm still, even if they flip up, I'm still taking digs with no problem. Oh yeah. I had the choice between Larry Fitzgerald and Adam Thielen this year. And I regretfully went Fitzgerald, but I just think Diggs is the guy out there in Minnesota. That's worth the early round pick. And people forget Thielen's getting old. He's like 28, 29. Yeah, Diggs has been in the league for who knows how long, I forget. But he's been consistent, like a good wide receiver his whole career. Whereas Thielen had a real slow start. And he finally found his way in the league. Whereas Diggs has been there year in, year out. A real talented guy. I think that Thielen has improved his game a lot and I think that he is an excellent wide receiver and he's a very technical wide receiver. I just think that Diggs is like one of the best. I mean, I think that if you take Julio Jones out of Atlanta and put Stefan Diggs in there, I think that he would be like the exact same numbers, but with more touchdowns uh, as Julio Jones. Like I just think at route running wise, you know, I want to take a player in fantasy that I know is going to continually be open and his route running is just so good that he just creates separation and he makes it easy for Kirk Cousins. Exactly. All right, everybody, that's all we got for today. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you go follow us on Twitter at flag underscore challenge and check us out on iTunes and on Podbean. Just search the challenge flag. Next time, we're going to be talking about when you need to be taking quarterbacks. Trust me, it's later than you think, and we have some proof for it for you guys. So, Mike, last but not least, give us your bold prediction. Bold prediction is that Matthew Stafford in the 14th round will be the steal of the draft this year. 
quarterback wise. Last year, I said Phillip Rivers. He was 13th round ADP, finished top 10. You can expect the same this year out of a presumably healthy Matthew Stafford. Oh, deadlift. He puked everywhere. I think you've, you've shown I've definitely seen those before. Yeah, he's like wearing all red and he just like... Yep, yep. He came up and just completely just vomed. 